0: Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins, on what feels like could possibly be the biggest episode of 2022. We're back for another week talking the NFL. Week two here already, and it might be, it might, it feels like that for me because the Kansas City Chiefs will be playing Thursday night football this week versus the Los Angeles Chargers on Amazon Prime. Make sure you have your Amazon price descriptions. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to want to miss this game. Big time fireworks anticipated. I think there could be a lot of points in this game. We're going to have it all for you tonight. Plus week two, full slate review. Johnny Rowe was saying it in the, uh, he was saying it in the, uh, right before we hopped on here. He said there might be some stinky games this week. Can't wait to hear what we think about this slate. Really fired up to be back here tonight. No Blaine Wheeler for the first half of the show, hoping we get him in the second half, maybe get him for his uh, Chiefs-Chargers take breakdown. I do think, however, that it is suspect that we played a Chargers week two and Blaine has been in every episode, and all of a sudden, old Blaine Staley himself starts to back out after picking the Chargers to win the AFC West when we made our final predictions. We will see if we get him on tonight, but we do have Johnny Rowe here. Johnny, first off, before we get into the, uh, to a little, uh, slate talk. How are you brother? Good to have you back.
1: It's great to be here Chandler. Um, one of the highlights of my week, if not the highlight of my week is recording this podcast with you guys going through the slates, super fun, just to kind of get a grasp on what everybody, what everyone's thinking. Um, and and just life is good right now with football back. Uh, we, we we need to maybe take it easy on Blaine a little bit. We're giving him a hard time. I, I know he's been saying in the group chat that he he was upset we didn't get to do a redo uh, of our playoff picks, and I'm thinking that's because he, he wants to change his mind. However, we didn't do that, and so based off of what we know, uh, Blaine Staley and his beloved Los Angeles Chargers are set to face our Kansas City Chiefs tomorrow and what shapes shapes up to be the best game of a slate that has some games, some big lines, some some real stinky matchups. So I'm excited right. to break this down with you, Chandler, and and get a grasp on it.
0: I've got a feeling that tonight, uh, tonight's show's word of the episode could be stinky. Stay tuned. We will find out. Oh yeah. Um, before we get into week two slate, I kind of want to do like we're we're not gonna re- we're not gonna review week one probably ever. But what I want to do is I want to introduce a little segment. Where we uh, all three of us, when Blaine's back uh, with us, um, we'll start it tonight. Just a game that kind of stuck at or stood out in your mind. Um, a game that maybe you learned something about a team that you thought was right. Maybe you learned something about a team that you thought was wrong. An impressive performance. Just one a guy here. And I think it'll be a good way to kind of maybe get a little refresher of week one before we jump into week two. So to start it off, I guess I'll, I'll you know what? I'll start it off uh the game that impressed or that game that stood out in my mind. Through week one, I am all of a sudden less scared of the Indianapolis Colts. Um they tied the Houston Texans 20 to 20. Um I just don't I think we we pre we placed a big um expectation on them maybe. I mean a team that should have made the playoffs last year. Um, now they were give them credit they were down 20 to 3 in this game at one point fought back to go 20 all but come on if you're a legit contender I mean in the AFC you just can't do things like that first of all you know Matt Ryan I get it first game with the receivers whatever Jonathan Taylor had 161 yards on the ground like you couldn't you couldn't you know you can't win this game not only do you have to fight back but then you couldn't carry that momentum into overtime to get three points to win this game it just doesn't sit right with me and i guess really the hot seat for me is the indianapolis colts who we will play in in 10 days when you hear this episode um
1: that's my game johnny what about you brother that was on my short list of three chandler good pick there i uh before the year picked week three as a loss for the Chiefs to the Colts and after this last week if the Chiefs lose that Colts team I I, I'm going to be very disappointed so a good pick there the one that I'm going to pick is easily the team that I've been the most critical of this offseason with the most bleak of an outlook I do not think this team is going to be a very good team going forward but they impressed the hell out of me with their defensive effort and that's the Chicago Bears uh, beating the San Francisco 49ers at home I again have been I've been mean about the bears. Um, I've said though, that there's a lot of people in my life that I love, that I want to see happy with the bears having success. I just didn't see it happening. And now this game was played in a monsoon, like quite literally this game was basically, you know, it it was basically played underwater. They were squeegeeing the field and there was still standing water on the field. It was absolutely absurd. Nobody had any crazy stats. But what impressed me the most um, when the offense, again, in Chicago was unable to move the ball, the Chicago Bears, the the Bears defense just said, we're going to take it upon ourselves to win this game. And it was a 19-10 game. It was low scoring. There was one big play uh, on a touchdown from Justin Fields to Dante Pettis. But the defensive effort for a, a coach in his first game with the team, Matt Eberflus, against an opponent that, you should have lost to was incredibly impressive to me. And now uh, we'll get into it later, but the season does not get easier for uh, the bears as they'll face the Packers at Lambeau on Sunday night football. So a lot to get into.
0: Yeah. um, That's, that was really good. And I, that it's actually funny enough, the Chicago bears, that game was on my short list as well because I kind of wanted to give a shout out to Turner. So we'll do that collectively looking forward to week two john let's go ahead and jump into it as we mentioned the first matchup of the of week two will be the chiefs and the chargers we will save that for the end of this that's on 7 15 tomorrow evening on prime video again second reminder i might have to remind you guys five times throughout this episode it's that important amazon prime subscription make sure you have it whatever I'm telling you, Amazon runs the world. Streams are not going to work tomorrow night. I'll tell you that right now. They're going to have those things locked down. So get your subscription. Let's jump into Sunday's slate. We kind of start off, Johnny, with one of those words we were using earlier, and I think it could be stinky. (laughs) The New York Jets visit the Cleveland Browns at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, Weirdly... You know, I think this this game kind of sounds better to me on paper because now I don't condone anything he did. But if Deshaun Watson was the starting quarterback for the the Browns, I think this game is a little bit more intriguing. But you're going to have Joe Flacco versus Jacoby Brissett probably on like a weirdly cold day in Cleveland for this time of year. Um, And it's just not going to be pretty. Jets looked inept against Baltimore on Sunday. Um, did not love what I saw from Flacco. The Browns, say what you will, they won the game. It's not going to be pretty every time in week one, but a win is a win. Had the Chiefs won 26-24 over the Cardinals, I would have been very happy with it. A win's a win. You can't take it for granted in the NFL. But, my Lord, um, Cleveland a—it's <laughs> such, such a mystery. They looked so bad for a bit and then somehow kind of turned it on. Carolina, I really feel like, lost that game more than Cleveland won. Um, I don't have the lines up. That's bad of me. Johnny does. Johnny, what's the line for this game here?
1: Uh, the most recent one I saw was Browns minus six, and then the over-under is 40, which is just incredibly low for an NFL game but I think um, accurate. Chandler, are you done? Do you want me to give my – No, takes? I'll
0: I'll I'll answer the, the yeah. spread here. Um, if I were a betting man, I think I would ride Cleveland. Um, take a minus six. I think that's that's very fair. I think they can win this game easily by a touchdown, um, and I think you take the over. I mean, I well, God, dude. I mean, even forty sounds like a lot. I mean, I can really see this game being like a fourteen to ten snoozer. So I'm going to say minus six on the over, but don't get mad at me if I get the over wrong.
1: Johnny. Okay. Um, a very weird game. The word that I put down and this word is also going to come up to is you. Uh, this game is gross, man. <laughs> yeah. Like Jacoby Brissett versus uh, Joe Flacco. Again, uh, Zach Wilson is going to miss this game, according to coach Robert Sala. And actually Robert Sala had a quote about Zach Wilson. That was even more troubling. Uh, He said his head – he's not in the right head space right now. His head, like something like that. And so on top of the injury and – I mean, the Jets are just cursed in my opinion. I mean, this is a bad organization. Now, they've made some good draft picks the last couple of years. But, I mean, it's looking bad for the Jets um, already. You know, Joe Flacco dropped back to pass fifty nine times in their game, and they scored nine points. <laughs> he dropped back for he he threw fifty nine <laughs> passes in that game, and they and they lost, um, and only scored nine points. And Jacoby Brissett had hundred and forty seven yards passing, but passing. But you know what the Browns did, um, and it's exactly what we all said they should do. They pounded the shit out of the rock. Uh, they ran the they ran the ball thirty four times. Um, 32 of which were between Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, Chubb had 141 yards, yards on the ground. Kareem had uh, two touchdowns, one through the air and one on the ground. I mean, they just need to keep doing that. Um, the over-under is low. I'm going to stay away from that. Um, but I just can't in good faith bet the Jets here in this game. And so I'm going to take the Browns minus six at home, even though I think six is a weird number usually. But with Joe Flacco and the Jets, I just I just can't. What a gross game. Say something nice about the
0: Jets before we move on, though. I am, I do think their defense is pretty good. I mean, it's it's definitely improved. They did not look bad at all against like Baltimore last week. Um and they held them till it was 24, correct? Yeah, it was yeah, 24. 24 to 9. 24 to 9. I mean, that is not bad um for for a defense, in my opinion, especially in the NFL. With a dynamic offense like like Baltimore, come on now. That's
1: pretty good. Moving both, Go ahead. But, but real quick, Chandler, let's see what I think is going to really – I agree the Jets defense did look good. Sauce Gardner looks good. Um, defensive player
0: of the year – or defensive rookie of the year, by the way, as said by me in that episode. I'd like to point that out.
1: True. Um, it's just like Miles Garrett and Javon Clowney in this Browns defense uh, versus – you know, whatever's going to be on the offensive line for the Jets. Keep in mind, Mekhi Becton, their starting left tackles out for the year. Then the backup they got, Dwayne Brown, is on injured reserve. And so it's just like, who is going to block Miles Garrett? And, you know, Joe Flacco's not elusive. So I just think this shapes up badly for the
0: Jets. Love it. Moving forward, we go to Ford Field. Detroit starting off the year with two straight home games. I feel like that's kind of rare for them. The Commanders will travel west to take on Detroit in a game that could also be a bit of a snooze. <laughs> um, the word we're using tonight is stinky, but I don't think this one will be stinky for a different reason. I think this game has some weird things lined up for it, like uh, Carson Wentz tripping and falling pick six, or some sort of Jared Goff fumble, or just something that kind of makes this game a real Commanders-Lions game. Um, Detroit... Give them credit, man. They are always in the game, and they are a tough out week in and week out, but I know everyone loves Dan Campbell. I like Dan Campbell, but I think when you're losing all of these games by this many, like, single possessions, again, they lose the Eagles 38-35. I think that's coaching. It hasn't been just one or two times. It's been, you know, I think think the Lions – lost like almost over half their games last year by a single possession and I think that's just end of the game stuff and I think that with all the love and support or whatever that Dan Campbell's gotten I think that there is some sort of issue in terms of his coaching but with that being said Lions are always in the game Um I love them at home this weekend against the commanders a team that won against the Jaguars but I don't want really to take a lot of credit, or I don't really put a lot of stock into that win, And in, in, in all honesty. They had to absolutely grind and scratch and, and get through the Jaguars, and for a team that I picked to win the division, I expect more. My reputation's on the line, commanders. Figure it out, but you're not figuring it out this week. I like Detroit here. Pick up their first win early, too. When's the last time Detroit's won this early? No way. Johnny, what do you think?
1: So I have a fun stat for this one, Chandler. Um, uh, the the Lions opened up um, at minus two and a half. I've got it at one and a half already. Um, and if it holds that they are favored this game by the time it kicks off, this will snap a 24 game streak of the Lions being a dog, which is the most, the longest streak ever <laughs> in the Super Bowl era
2: so the lions have
1: been a dog <laughs> they've been a dog in 24 straight games and they're finally favored here at home right now against washington and um, washington's a team that killed me last week i bet i bet like a kia on the jacksonville jaguars <laughs> to win money line the money line last week and i i got my heart ripped out by carson wentz which was tough to swallow but um, even here on the road, I just – I can't. I can't with the commanders. I can't with Carson Wentz. He stinks. Their name stinks. And um, I'm just not a big believer in this team. So uh, give me Detroit minus one-and-a-half here. It's so a pick to 2 eventually. I'll take Detroit. Uh, one thing to monitor, though, is that DeAndre Swift did not practice today uh, with an ankle injury, today being Wednesday. So hopefully he gets to be cleared by some point um, and plays this weekend, because he'll certainly be a big contributing factor in this game. But, you know, I mean, I just was not impressed. Tara McLaurin had two catches uh, for the commanders. Jahan Dotson had two touchdown catches, but only three total uh, catches for the game. And it was just a heavy dose of Antonio Gibson. So uh, give me the Lions here.
0: Yeah. um, I won't be tuning into much of this game unless it's on red zone, but uh that's great great breakdown god i love this show we're figuring it out one step at a time let's move forward tampa bay visits new orleans in a game that's i'm not really understanding what the whole what you know sites like espn and these national guys i don't really understand why everyone's hating on new orleans so much um i understand that they had to fight back against the Falcons. That's a legit rivalry. I don't know if people realize that, but, like, those two teams really hate each other. Their fan bases really hate each other. It was not much of a surprise to me that the Falcons were in this game. I mean, New Orleans had a claw, scratch to get back in this game and ended up winning it by one. I think that's a huge win for them. And from a fantasy perspective, I have the Saints defense, and they're projected, like, 3.9 points or something crazy against the Tampa Bay team that I believe... In in the Tom Brady era in Tampa, the Saints have not lost to them. I believe that he is 0-4 as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer against them, and I've got it right here. 9-13-20, New Orleans 34, Tampa 23. 11-8-20, New Orleans 38, Tampa 3. They win in – so Tom's beaten them once in, in a January playoff game, and then last year the Saints swept them. So I do not understand what this negativity is uh, towards the Saints. I think this is a great matchup for them. The Superdome is going to be rocking. They're one and zero. I'm riding the Saints. I don't even know what the line is. I'm riding the Saints here the whole way. Tampa did not look that good against the Cowboys' defense, who I know they have Michael Parsons, but is not as good as this New Orleans Saints defense, in my opinion. I think the Saints roll here, Johnny. I I think the Saints could win by.
1: They could win by seven or more. Johnny. The line is uh, Bucks favored on the road by two and a half. Bucks minus two and a half over under 44. And so I really like your line of thinking here. Um, I watched a lot of that Saints game uh, last week against the Falcons. I actually bet the Falcons plus five and a half, which was a great bet, said it on the podcast. Um, I had a lot of bad bets last week, so I got to say the good ones when they happen. (laughs) Um, But – Here's the deal for me, Chandler. In real life, I'm gonna stay away from this game. This game falls under what I explained last week as the wake-up test. If you lose the to Tom Brady, what am I doing? Like, yeah. what if I if I bet on the Saints here, and I wake up on Monday and I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, I put real money on Jameis against Tom Brady. Like, I can't. I just can't stomach that. So. I will take the Bucks minus two and a half here, although I think you are right on. The Saints play this team well. The Saints can get up for games like this. The the the, the, the They're coming off of a, a, a tough game one where they rallied back and won on the road, and now they get to come to the Superdome. Like, come on, it all shapes up well. It's just I can't in good faith bet against Tom Brady. And your point about the Cowboys is right, too. The Cowboys' defense is not very good. There are some headhunters on this Saints defense that would love nothing more than to knock Brady on his ass. So a tough one here. Both teams are 1-0. Both teams are competing for the NFC South title. Um, but I'm going to take Tampa minus 2.5. Love it.
0: Also, speaking of the Saints, shout-out to our guy, John Seabag. Caught oh. an unreal video of Michael Thomas's fade in the end zone. I mean, so it was sick. really sexy. Uh, so shout-out to him. Go Saints, honestly. You know what? I actually might make a statement here. Uh, my NFC team for the year, I think I'm going to be a Saints fan. Ew. Not going to really follow them very hard, but like if they do well in the NFC, I'm in. Give it to me. Seabag's there. That'd be sick for him to be at a playoff Fine. game or something. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move forward. That will be the best game of the noon slate. It kind of looks like to me, um, just off first glance, I could have one that surprises me. We move forward. Carolina visits the Meadowlands. They go to uh, the New York Giants in what has Stinky written all yeah. over it. I mean, I can't believe the Giants are 1-0. I think we'll get to it here in a bit about Tennessee, but I think that says more about Tennessee than it does the Giants, in my opinion. Saquon looked good. Awesome to see. Love Saquon. Dude's an absolute stud. Johnny, I know you've seen that video of him power cleaning at Penn State like 405 and just like animal. Putting, just like putting it on his shoulders like it's literally nothing. Um, really good to see that he's rehabbed well. Um, and that's kind of the reason why I think I'm gonna ride with the Giants here. Carolina, um, they just blew that game. I don't think that Matt Rule is that good of a coach. I think he needs to go back to college, which I think he's a good college coach. I just don't think that he's he's fitting the NFL. Um, now I will say this, this kind of goes against me when it's two stinky teams like this, you normally take the better quarterback and see what you will about Baker, whether you like him or you don't like him. He's better than Daniel Jones. Um He's been in the playoffs. Um, he's been around sort of a winning culture. If you can even call those couple of years in Cleveland that I still think it's a losing culture, but I'm gonna ride with the Giants here. Um, I'm fine if I lose money to Baker Mayfield. Give me the Giants at home. They come back after a big road win themselves and win um, and win their second game of the year and go two and zero. Maybe some noise in the, in uh, in the MetLife Stadium. Um, give me the Giants minus two. According to Johnny, Johnny, you're up, buddy.
1: I'll take the Giants as well here. Um, what a gross matchup of Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones. Are you kidding me? Like, it just doesn't get much worse than this. But the the, the Giants are a team that I considered for your initial question um, at the beginning of the podcast, Chandler, uh, about, you know, what's a game that impressed you or a team that impressed you? Um, The Giants were one of those teams that I was thinking about, uh, because I mean, I've made my feelings clear about the Titans, but for them to go into that building and win that game was huge. And you can see how the players have bought in to Brian Dable. And it's only taken one game, but the way that the players responded to Brian Dable showed showed you a lot of what you you needed to know. And they know that Daniel Jones is not like this guy, the the most – trustworthy guy to go into battle with but they know that their coach is now one of those guys you could say the exact opposite things about how those players are feeling about Matt Rule and Baker Mayfield right now like I think losing that game to Cleveland a team in disarray with the whole Deshaun Watson news and Jacoby Brissett at quarterback and you had the lead for the last minute or two all that stuff uh works against the the Panthers here and so Saquon was nasty last week, and to see him used right was was really cool. So uh, I'm going to take uh, New York Giants minus two, and I'll I'll pick that with you, Chandler.
0: Phenomenal stuff, Johnny, but breaking news, folks. Just during Johnny's uh, breakdown of the Giants and Carolina Panthers game, we've been having a great show, Johnny and I, but we've only increased it and made it better here. Blaine Wheeler on the pod now, everybody, live from Kansas City, Missouri. Great to see you, Blaine. Talk to us. How you doing? Rubbing some elbows with the big wigs sounds like this evening.
2: Yeah, you had to do it. I, I'm sorry to, to be a little late, but... Uh, no cor-
0: issues, brother.
2: When corporate America calls, but football is still on my mind. I, I'm right. here. I'm here. Love that take two, Johnny, about day Dave- Like two on that, I- Man, that that's one of the tougher ones to pick this week. So, it was like, oh, let's go. I, I, yeah. I'm here. Keep it, keep it rolling. I don't want to hinder it.
0: Here we go. We're moving right forward with Blaine. Blaine's back on with us. New England goes to Pittsburgh in an old school AFC rivalry. I feel like I can remember some of these awesome games between these two, like in 2005, 6, 7, 8, just nasty throwback, cold Pittsburgh or New England games um has a much different storyline now uh had been tom brady ben roethlisberger if you would have told me in 2006 that we would have had mac jones versus Mitchell strubisky um that would have been a joke but that's what we're gonna have on sunday and what could be maybe johnny i'm curious to hear about you what you think about this could be a stinker pittsburgh what a game they had with the Bengals. Uh, that was true week one pandemonium. I mean, there was everything in that game that I feel like you can think of in under the sphere of football. I feel like everything under it was in that game. Missed field goals, the whole works, whatever. Pittsburgh finds a way to win in overtime. New England goes to Miami and looks pathetic to me. Uh, Mac Jones did not look good. Had to get an MRI due to back spasms. Um, I don't really understand that. I feel like that's just kind of like a feel thing. But he went underwent an MRI, I believe, on Tuesday. It it said he's he's fine, so he'll be full go on Sunday. But I don't know that I can trust New England at all at this point. Their offense looks old and inept. Uh, they don't really have anybody that scares you at all, in my opinion. I feel like that's a huge psychological boost to a team like Pittsburgh, who has an unbelievable defense, even without TJ Watt. Curious to hear what you guys think. I'm going Pittsburgh here, Blaine. Let's start with you. Welcome in, buddy.
2: Yeah. Um. I hate to be this guy too, but if you go back and listen to our uh, AFC North episode, I called Pittsburgh over Cincinnati, and two other people on this podcast called me idiots. So
0: here he is.
2: There yeah, uh, we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm back. I'm back. Steve, but- Johnny,
1: this is why <laughs> I told you in the opening, we're not taking it easy on him. <laughs> I picked co- it. I picked them with him last week, though. He he swayed me since that pod.
2: Yeah, but um, a little banged, banged up Najee Harris. We'll see what that offense looks like. Mitch looked pretty good. Like, I was impressed with Mitch. Obviously, we were talking about the difference between Ben and Mitch. Didn't miss a beat. And, and like you said, Chandler, New England sucks. They might be bad. And Pittsburgh, yeah. that defense, even without T.J. Watt, I believe in it, Meek and Fitzpatrick had the game of the century. Oh, my God, he was unbelievable. And, and your money has to go on Pittsburgh here.
1: 14 tackles by Minka Fitzpatrick and a blocked kick in the biggest of times. I mean, what a what an absolute effort from him. Um, I, I, I was impressed with Mitch at times. He had a big throw late in the game, kind of on the run to his left. I do, I do wish there was more of a consistency there and maybe that will just come with some reps because I think Mitch has always been a guy who can facilitate the first 15 to 20 scripted plays of the game. It's just when the game gets into the flow, I think he gets a little over his head or or just lost or conservative. So yeah, but, but, but regardless, great call Blaine on Pittsburgh. Um, one of the few things I got right last week was, was the Steelers with the points in that game. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how you pick New England here. Uh, New England looks like a team that's offense is being called by a defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia. Um, So it looks to, it makes no sense. It's like bill does not want to relinquish control or bring in an outside mind uh so he's only going to trust guys that he has a track record with and Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Um I saw that TJ Watt is he avoided like catastrophe, right? He doesn't right, need yeah. surgery on the torn pec, so of course he's out this game but he'll be back later in the year. He's a fucking monster too. Oh. I mean just a complete game wrecker on that defense. Um really really impressed there with what I saw from Pittsburgh. I've got a fun stat here for this game too. Uh, this is the first matchup between these two teams since 1998 wow. without without either Brady or Big Ben in the game. Yes. That's awesome. I mean, what a stat that is right there. And so um, it's Trubisky versus Mac Jones. It's not as glamorous as it was in the past. And when things don't get glamorous uh, and things are kind of mucked up, the Steelers usually come out successful, and I'll take the Steelers, who are dogs at home, wow. plus two and a half.
2: Home opener, and right now, like, I'm almost taking Tomlinson over Belichick. I would never have said that in the Brady era, but, era, but like, is Belichick's downfall coming? And it, and it might be. Yeah.
0: Tom Brady's won the uh, divorce for sure. Let's move to the Sunshine State in another noon slate game here. Indianapolis goes on the road to Jacksonville. Blaine, I said it uh, earlier in the show um, for my week one um, takeaway, and I flat out said it, I don't believe that Indianapolis is a division – or excuse me, a AFC playoff contender after what I saw from them in week one. Um, and that will be put to the test this week as they go to the Sunshine State, a place that they have not had very much success in Duval County, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know – what to make of this game. Jacksonville showed a lot of fight last week against the Commanders. Um I think that's going to be a lot of how Jacksonville's games are this year. They're good enough to compete in games, but when it comes down to the wire, I just don't think they're there yet. And I think it might actually take Doug Peterson maybe a year to kind of get that, you know, that uh that fourth quarter camaraderie with Trevor Lawrence because I think I mean it's their rookie it's it's Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. I mean with a brand new coach horrible last year, obviously. Um, I think there's going to be games like this where that happens. But this is a really big game. I'm actually very intrigued with this game because um, of my Indianapolis take. I need to see what this kind of indie, this indie team is. And with the Chiefs playing on Thursday night, we'll be able to fully lock into this game at noon and see what kind of Colts team we're going to be preparing for in 10 days following Thursday's game. So I think it's a huge game for Chiefs Kingdom if you're listening to this Get an eye on Indy. I think they could stink. They could definitely prove me wrong. Let's go with Johnny here to break break this game down.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I was the biggest Jaguars fan in the entire world week one. You know, I'm I'm basically sleeping in the sewers because I don't have any money left because I thought the Jaguars were going to win that game. And they had the game. The Jaguars did a lot of good things. They just showed their youth. They showed the inexperience of their quarterback um, you know, they had a missed, they lost the game by six points. They had a missed field goal and they 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 turned the ball over on downs inside the five when they caught three touchdowns and dropped them. You know, Trevor Lawrence's ball placement, which we, we rave about Patrick Mahomes' elite ball placement. Lawrence is just not there yet. Uh sometimes he's accurate, but sometimes he's inaccurate, and and he really lacks like the touch on the ball. Everything is a missile that he throws to everybody, and so you just look for him to take more steps as we go along. And and I and I think one of you sent a video of Trevor Lawrence trying to like pump oh, the guys yeah. up in the tunnel. Yeah. It was so cringe. I mean, he's just like a, you know, he's he's just like a nothing wrong with it, but sometimes on the football field it doesn't translate. He's just like a big church guy, like a big what the he's a big what the frick guy, like he's he just gonna be. yeah, like he's a big Can what the frick guy. Let
0: yeah. me pause you for a second because, like, it's just crazy to think about. Like, Trevor Lawrence couldn't make any throw in college. There was not a throw at Clemson that he couldn't make. He was God at Clemson.
2: Yeah,
0: And it just goes to show you that threshold of Patrick, Josh Allen. I'd even throw Lamar in there. Um, all Tom Brady, obviously. Herbert. Herbert, yeah. Like – they're just that much better than a guy who well, fucking won the Heisman, right? Like Trevor Lawrence is a Heisman Trophy winner in college. It just goes to show how much better of a football player some of these guys are. I think it's interesting to point out. Johnny, continue.
1: Almost done here, and he, and he looks—he looks scared or timid. He used to run a lot in college. I mean, yeah. he just it—it it just looks kind of like deer in the headlights right now. And um, so, so that's a lot to say about the Jaguars. Uh, to bring this in. Yeah. I mean, I think they can keep this game close though, because Indy did not impress me. Matt Ryan, you know, he threw for over 300 yards, but they had to throw a lot. They didn't score any fucking points in overtime. Uh, They scored three points in the first three quarters of the game. Like they were aided by a fumble or an interception or something, a turnover by the Texans in in the Texans own territory late in the game. Like, the Colts did not impress me at all. Jonathan Taylor is always going to get his. He's a beast, but Matt Ryan looks very slow. He's got that noodle arm in the pocket. Like, I know we're looking way ahead, but when the Chiefs get a hold of that team, I think they might be able to have their way with them. So um, the line that I'm seeing, and I think Blaine, correct me if, if not, I've got Colts minus four here. Just a weird line. Four, I'm thinking of this a lot like I thought this Eagles um, versus – uh lions game last week which was a four point line give me the colts minus four here and that might just be because i'm sour on the jaguars screwing me over last week (laughs) blaine yeah
2: yeah i'm going you know i'm not going to take the four points just because there's so many questions with like good point about matt ryan the colts offensive line is supposed to be good and he just was pressured a lot and i am part of it i think it's what we talked about alec pierce is your number two receiver mike Pittman is all they have out there and that's a problem obviously you hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor but it's the NFL you can only do that so many times so you only score 20 points I mean yeah when you need it when you need something in OT take away Jonathan Taylor take away Pittman and Matt Ryan's got to create something and I don't know if he's able to anymore and that's kind of a problem for them so I look at a guy like we're talking about Devin Lloyd who had a hell of a first week or some of these linebackers step up Javon Walker Josh Allen um and see what happens. If they can stop Jonathan Taylor, this game will be really, really fun. But I something about me deep inside just says it's a Colt's bounce back week. I think they watch the film and and get some things figured out and become that team and the AFC so.
0: Don't forget Travon Walker had a pick six last week. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty sick for a DN rookie, first game of the first game of your career, pick six, the defensive end. Not bad. I wouldn't mind if he made me eat my words about him when I said that they might have messed up with Aiden Hutchinson, so.
2: The league needs it.
0: Yeah, league needs it. Absolutely. Last game in the noon slate. I think this will be a really good game, boys. Excited to hear what you guys think about this. Miami at Baltimore. Um, I'll start with the Dolphins here. They won 20-7. to 7. Um, seven of those points came from a defensive scoop and score. Um, so the – my, the vaunted Miami Dolphins offense with uh, two Attack of Viola, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle, that won't be able to be stopped. Only scored 14 points against a pretty not exciting and old defense like we talked about last week um, in New England. But a win's a win. Um, Miami's defense, say something nice about Miami. I think Miami's defense is pretty nasty. I think they can get after you a little bit. I think they have a pretty decent back end. But they're also going against a guy that we've all um, admitted just isn't the guy in Mac Jones, in our opinion. So I don't know really much. I don't know much to put on Miami after week one. I really do think Tua could be suspect. I mean, come on. You can't give him any more weapons. One thing to point out from my perspective on Miami is what happened to Mike Gusecki? I think if you look at his snap count, I think he was like barely double-digit snap count and maybe even under. Like for a young quarterback, I want my tight end out there. I know you've got weapons on the outside, but you make some of the easiest throws in the game to tie it in. They're reliable and they're always there on the Baltimore side. I think it really benefited them that they played a team like the jets who just really aren't there yet. Um, we, we talked, we said nice things about their defense, but Baltimore didn't look that great on offense. In my opinion, only put up 24 points. Um, but they're a tough team. They're going to be a tough out every time they play. It's just the way they play. Um, It's very rare that you see the Baltimore Ravens get blown out. Their defense is still nasty. Um, I look for them to maybe make some really big plays on defense and special teams here against the Dolphins. Um, I think they can get after Tua. I think they can make life havoc for him. Um, And I think I I honestly, there's some sort of prop Marlon Humphrey to have a uh, pick. I think you have to hit that for
2: sure. I'm (laughs) I'm,
0: I'm rolling with the Ravens here. Uh, Blaine, what do
2: you think? Yeah, two is going to throw one. That's a good call. But, dude, Baltimore's back at it again. Kyle Fuller, season over, torn ACL. Like, golly. And then Juwan James, their tackle, out for the year with an Achilles. Just week one, bang. Like, something's in the water in Baltimore. That that sucks. But when I look at it, Baltimore should have scored a lot more points than they did against the Jets, like you said. In that first half, I watched that game closely because – I took the Jets thinking that, you know, maybe Baltimore and Lamar with those new weapons were going to come out flat. They did. I think they're going to come out flat again against Miami here. And I really think Miami plus three and a half is going to be my play. Lamar's a guy. But this is just kind of a suspect quarterback battle. And I think the weapons at Miami, you know, make this a a game where Miami could take it away and and score late or, or do something a little bit more than, uh, Baltimore can. I just uh, there's there's more variable with what I like with Miami than what I like with Baltimore.
1: okay, yeah, I, I, I do like that. I, I don't know what to think about this game. there's so many games this thankfully, it's only Wednesday night that we're recording this, but there's just so many games that I'm not sure on right now. So it's hard to give, you know I, I could see myself betting either side of this. I lean Baltimore just because I'm not a two a guy. Um, and Baltimore's at home. Miami was really unable to run the football last week. Uh, what, what, I don't know why they'd be able to run the football against Baltimore if they couldn't run it against New England. Um, Tyreek and Waddle were impressive. But uh, Chandler, I think the reason that Gasecki is not getting any play is because the new coach of the Dolphins, Mike McDaniels, a Shanahan system guy. And what do all tight ends in the Shanahan system do? They block on rundowns. You know, George Kittle is a guy who blocks all the time on yeah. rundowns. And so uh, Gasicki is just not a blocker. He's just, you I mean, he lines up as a receiver dressed as a tight end most of the time. So um, that's that's probably why he had one catch for one yard, uh, which was, was pretty bad from him. But on the Baltimore side, yes, the injuries are racking up. Lamar didn't really run. Uh, last week which i don't know if i want to get into the deep conspiracies but maybe it's a product of him not getting the contract that he wanted so he's not going to run and risk himself getting injured um if i had to pick something here maybe just for the podcast sake since blaine picked miami i'll pick baltimore uh minus three and a half but i absolutely am not confident
0: Yeah. yeah that's really good god boys this is a fun show.
2: Hey, if Flacco we- threw for 300 last week against Baltimore. I mean, two is going to be fine with Waddle and Hill.
1: That's what, that's, what, that's what I'll say.
2: Flacco. Blaine, no Blaine Flacco. Mis-
1: 59 dropbacks yeah. for Flacco.
2: True, true. 59 <laughs> dropbacks. Under heavy wraps. pressure.
0: That's a lot of reps. Uh, before we flip into the 305 slate, this is a great time to go over our figure it out NFL pick'em pool. Which before we get into the pool, um, Johnny's not in the pool, Blaine. So it seems to me that we bothered him wow. in some shape or form. Both of you, t- both of you guys, are up to no good this evening. Um, Blaine doing some elbow rubbing. Johnny not joining the pod. No hey, bother.
1: Go- I'll get in there this week. That's my. That's totally on me. We're gonna watch the film. We're gonna get better, and we're gonna we're gonna execute this week.
0: Good. We're gonna have Johnny in um, a week behind everybody in the points, so that'll be beneficial to us because I have a feeling Johnny can make it interesting at the end of the year. Through the first week, Matt Gibson leads the pool with ten points. Ten total points. Um, got ten correct. Bo Mackey and Josh Woolbrand, two Missouri State Pikes tied for second at eight Chandler Collins obviously Blaine Wheeler shocking um Missouri State's best punter of all time Brendan Withrow and Michael Briggs's brother Caleb Briggs are tied for fourth at seven points rounding out the top three places I think it's also funny to mention the toilet of the pick through week one Hayden Nichols, zero points. Michael Briggs, zero points. Oops. Both players with no picks. Oh. Bold play entering week one. Did not pick a single game either side. Um, but maybe they can turn it around. So that's the pick'em. I think that's a really good time to introduce it every episode. We'll get through the 12 slate. We're gonna do this for 15 more weeks. We'll get to the we'll get to the noon slate. We'll go through the pick'em um pool. Get a couple comments from the guys, and we'll move into 305. Blaine, you got something you want to say? Who's Higgins- Matt Gibson?
2: Higginsville's finest, my best buddy since okay. I was one year old. Yep, Higginsville's finest. So we got a we got 50 bucks on the line on this pick him. If he beats me, then we you know we're gonna scrap a little
0: bit. <laughs> well, you're not too far behind, but you are tied with me. So
2: also heard Hayden Nichols lucky he didn't pick anything because he went um, a whopping missed on 12 of 13 bets this week.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah He's down he bad. Did. He did yep. win in fantasy though. Pick him up a little bit. We can put him down a lot. But pick him up a little bit. He won in fantasy in our league this week. So, sky's the limit for Nichols. <laughs> Hopefully, funny. they get those picks in this week. Let's go to the three hundred five slate. Kind of a weird game. Feel like this game hasn't happened in a long time. Atlanta visits the Los Angeles Rams. Um, interesting game from the Rams on Thursday. Uh, I. I am fully bought in to they were very hungover from the Super Bowl. I think a lot of people have been telling them they're really good. And when you're at the top and people are praising you, I think it's really tough to push to the next level. Um, but they look bad. Stafford looked bad. I think he is actually hurt. He only wanted to throw to Cooper Cup. I mean, not getting into fantasy, but getting into fantasy. Allen Robinson, fantasy stock, I think, plummeted. After week one, now it is week one. Hopefully, they develop some sort of uh, relationship. But good lord, I don't even think he looked at him except for a fourth down and goal goal line fade, which Johnny has a lot of words on. And I the worst play. It pissed me right off too. I don't even like the Rams, but um, Atlanta scrappy went on the road, competed, could have won that game easily, uh, let it slip through their fingers in typical Falcons fashion. I think you take I the I feel like the last time I saw it was like Rams minus ten or something crazy like that. Um, I'm I'm going Atlanta here. I think they keep it within this number. I am not sold on this Rams team, so I'll take a stab here. Uh, I think the Rams win. Don't get me wrong, Rams definitely win. But if I'm a betting man, Atlanta with the points, please,
1: Uh, Johnny. Yeah, I'm gonna write Atlanta too here. Uh pl- I got ten and a half plus ten and a half Atlanta. Uh I picked Atlanta plus five and a half plus five and a half last week was uh one of my bets on Atlanta and they covered that. Um they should have won the game last week, but uh I I just don't know what to think about the the Rams. I think that they're a talented team, but I just don't know what to think, guys. Like I got I'm getting absolutely hosed by Cam Akers right now in fantasy football. Oh, like I I funny. don't know. I feel like I keep up with a lot of team reports. I just missed it on Cam Akers, and I'm just really getting hosed for it right now, which is tough. Um, but we're gonna have to move on. I got an <laughs> in- interesting uh, stat for you guys here. Um, a betting Yo, stat. stats. So there is a number of these games this week with both teams being 0 and 1. Uh, both of these teams here are 0 and 1. Since 2003, when two winless teams play in week two, the dog has gone 44, 25, and three against the spread per action network. That means that they're winning at a 64% clip. Um, so uh, this is a, uh, if, uh, as good a week of any to bet dogs, and I'm going to ride that right here. I'm going to bet the 10.5. Um, I'm actually going to bet that. Um, and so yeah. – t- Tune in next week for if that fails for me to be uh, asking people to donate to my uh, GoFundMe pitch.
2: Yeah, this is a game where Vegas baits you to pick Atlanta. They are baiting you with 10 and a half because they lost last week pretty heavily. And McVay in the film room. And he said in his postgame press conference, I screwed up not getting Allen Robinson the ball more than we did, and we didn't draw it up correctly for Allen Robinson. They're going to get him involved next week, this week. They're going to get him involved. And the thing that scares me about Atlanta is first half, they looked great. Mariota looked great. Saints were – I mean, that game was over. Travel to L.A., the second half that Atlanta played, Jameis had a hell of a second half. They were able to do whatever they wanted late, and – a little bit shows me that Atlanta showed too much early. L.A. hadn't shown enough. McVay's going to draw it up, and they might like, they might kill him. And that scares me. And so I'm not betting the spread. I'm betting Moneyline Rams here. Ooh. You get 520, I'll throw it in a parlay. Like, what the hell, just throw it in there. But I, this spread is just so bait-y, But it, Like, no one – ten and a half for a team that just took one of the best teams in the NFC closely is just not what I want to bet on.
1: Yeah, I've money line though. I mean, yeah. well, what get are you Rams, there?
2: Rams are going to win. It's it's just a parlay, ad. I mean, you you I might get, get an extra
1: twenty minutes. If yeah. you bet that straight up, like a standalone Rams money line, you are no. both. I mean, you love condoms. You yeah, are a you multi-condom are. wearer. Losing. Money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're staying out on the West Coast. Uh, NFC West big matchup. Another zero and one versus zero. Or no, excuse me, sorry, it is not. I had in my mind that Seattle lost. They did not. They won on Monday night, folks. Say something nice about Seattle. They go to San Francisco at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, California. Geno Smith, boys, uh, didn't look bad. Now, I will say this. It's easy to look good in week one. The film is out. I expect the San Francisco 49ers defense, who did not play that bad last week in Chicago in the monsoon, um, obviously let a couple things slip away. But they got no help from their offense. I look for San Francisco to bounce back here. Seattle um, is going to be frisky, though. I I liked what I saw. They ran the ball pretty well, but I do think San Francisco's defense is better than Denver's, even though I do think Denver's is good. Um, I look for the Niners to bounce back here. I'm betting uh, if I was a betting man, I'd be betting the San
1: Francisco 49ers. Johnny. Yeah. I'm going to go on the other side there. Uh, I don't think Trey Lance is very good. And I think it's only a matter of time before Jimmy Garoppolo is quarterback for this team. Sorry, Chandler. I just, I, I don't think Gino's very good. He threw like 30 yards passing in the second half. I mean, it was bad. The Broncos, I mean, what an all time choke job. I mean, that was, I mean, it, it made me feel amazing. It absolutely warmed my heart to see the Broncos do that kind of bullshit. But, um, I'll take the Seattle I'll take Seattle plus nine and a half here. That's what I'm seeing. Um, George Kittle didn't practice today. Today being Wednesday, I think that's a big piece. And yes, it was in the elements um, and probably the worst weather conditions that you could imagine. If you know, if, if not just up there uh, last week in, in Chicago, but in a division matchup, a defense that just had a great showing in Seattle at home. I just think nine and a half is too many points, and so I'll take the plus nine and a half there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I hate to be this guy, but this just I want to share my mind is I would never bet this game ever. And with no, with nothing in my bones, would I ever pick San Fran minus eight and a half or Seattle if you get it in the nine, whatever it is. I don't know what San Francisco is. We weren't able to see that because of that monsoon. Maybe IU can it can explode a little bit this year. You don't know what Debo's like this year or what Trey Lance can show. Maybe Trey Lance goes and chucks it across the yard and we look like idiots for, for taking Seattle. So that's why it, that, this is just a really, really, really tough game to bet. If I were to, I'd go San Francisco just because of the unknown. Um, But yeah, I'm staying far away from this.
0: Yeah, it's tough. Um, Very, very interesting teams there on the West coast. We go to the Lone Star State. Cincinnati visits Dallas off the back of a very interesting game in um, week one. They lost to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. This is an 0-1 versus 0-1 game, which will be interesting to see who picks up their first win. But I'm not putting a lot of stock into Cincinnati's week one defeat. Um, Now, as much as it pains me to say this, um, I don't – I hate rooting for him, but I think Burrow is fine in my opinion. Had a bad week one, really bad, but got the team back into position. You know that this team just believes in him, and I think that goes a really long way in terms of he can throw four picks and they're still going to believe that he can get him in the game. And I think that's what happened on Sunday really. Um, did not play well at all. I look for them to bounce back here against a Dallas team that is just inept. I mean, seriously, for being, you know, we say it all the time, America's team, America's team, America's team. But, like, why? They haven't been relevant in forever. And I just don't see anything in Dallas right now that gets me excited. They overpaid Zeke, obviously. I think now they overpaid Dak. I mean, he just can't stay healthy. As much as I actually like Dak, I just – he just can't stay healthy at all I know he had a horrific leg break that's awful but then the thumb now it's just things aren't looking up for Dallas I see Cincinnati bouncing back here Um, I'm riding Cincinnati here for this one Blaine
2: yeah Cincinnati here bounce back week for them I mean you get Cooper Rush as your quarterback opposing against one of the best teams in the AFC and you can get it at seven or seven and a half I mean what what are you going to say more than that I I do have concerns about the Bengals' new offensive line. I mean, now they went against T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, and in in that Steelers defense that was absolutely tremendous last week and, and see what Parsons can do to maybe uh, force Burrow to make a few more mistakes, but I'm not counting on that. C.D. Lamb, there's even a report out of Dallas that that some of the higher-ups were not, um, I guess, happy with his development in the offseason, and he is not a true number one guy that they thought that he was going to be week one and has been in the off season. So I'm really, really worried about Dallas this week and for the weeks to come. I think they might be bad. And especially in that division that they're showing, could be some scrappy teams. Look out, look for Dallas. Just Bengals might kill them here. Bengals. CD,
0: CD lamb or quick stat here. John, I don't want to steal your stat thunder. C.D. Lamb, 11 targets, two catches. That's embarrassing. You know that some, most of those are on him, probably.
1: Horrible. Horrible. Yeah, I mean, it, as much as the Broncos being, you know, losing their first game warmed my soul, it warmed my soul to see the Cowboys absolutely shit the bed too. Um, this is a bad team, and Cowboys fans are, you know, blinded by – their allegiance to their team, their brand, the America's team, that that's not America's team anymore. This is a team that hasn't done shit for the last 30 years. Um, And it's just so annoying that we have to watch them on prime time, five, six times a year. Like this team is bad. And you guys, you guys are totally right. They're paying elite money to good players like Demarcus Lawrence, you know, uh, no, no, and think listen to some of these names that were catching passes the other night, like Noah Brown, Dennis Houston. Who's Dennis Houston? I don't know who that <laughs> is. Like who Dennis Houston? That sounds
2: like a guy I work with. I don't want to even know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is
1: not an NFL wide receiver. It, like d- people are still named Dennis. Uh, so I just I think this is a bad team, and I think Blaine's right on. I think this is gonna be a slaughter. How how is Dallas going to score? How is how are they are they going to run the ball forty times? Okay, then they're they're not going to score like that. Yeah. You know they they lost uh, Connor McGovern. their I think that's his name. Their left guard, he's out that's as well. So I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, seven and a half is way too small of a line. I'm going to be. I'm legit going to. I already bet this. I already. Th- this is a bet that is going to happen. Bengals bounce back. They should have won last week, even with five turnovers, multiple missed kicks, like. This this is going to get ugly.
2: If I'm hearing right, this is the podcast best
1: bet. Amber. Oh yeah, let's lock it in. Yeah,
0: uh, I, I I think it is the podcast best bet. I think that's a great great way to put it. Um, I, what was our? Does anybody know the best bet from last week? We had one.
1: The Chiefs. Yeah, was it the Chiefs?
2: We were pretty heavy on the Chiefs.
1: I don't think we had like a branded best bet. I mean, God, I was so high on the Jaguars. What a pathetic waste of time that was. Uh, one, One quick thing. Let me wrap this up with my thoughts on the Bengals. I wrote this down and didn't say it. Um, I think Blaine talked about their offensive line. I d- I do want to want that to get better. I do remember where the Chiefs Chiefs got like a really good new offensive line. They needed time together to build that continuity. So yeah. if this line, if this if that new line that they have in Cincinnati is still struggling, come you know middle of the season or late season, uh, then then it should raise some concern. But yeah, like Blaine said, I mean TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, are you fucking kidding me?
0: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I, it's going to be awesome. Let's move forward. Houston goes to mile high to take on the Denver Broncos. We have already alluded to it a little bit in this episode. Denver with an all-time meltdown. Um, And, of course, leave it to the GOAT, Colin Cowherd, and Nick Wright uh, to get this spot on today. Give credit where it's due. Honestly, I'll give them a free shout-out because they are just so good. I absolutely love the chemistry between Nick Wright and Colin Cowherd. I think it's good because they don't have their own show. I think that makes the chemistry even better. I think if they, I think if we got too much of it, it would have kind of saturate a little bit. They'd start to kind of start agreeing a little bit more than what they do now. Great, great dynamic there. But Nick Wright made a great point. Nathaniel Hackett, at the end of the day, is ultimately to blame for the timeout situation at the end of the game. Um, whatever the hell the end of the game was, all of it falls basically on Nathaniel Hackett. But a bit of it falls on Russell Wilson. How does he not know? call a timeout to maybe get the guys to the line faster to see if they can get a playoff real fast without Seattle getting set. Won't get too long witted on that. I do think that Denver bounces back here in what could be a really stinky game. Texans frisky week one, though. I will say that. Very frisky. Um, I, I do think this could be a very close game. Um, could somebody give me the number real fast?
2: Ten. Ten.
0: Yep. I can see you stay within that. I'm taking Denver to win this game, and I'm but I'm picking Houston plus 10 if I was a betting man. Houston, Davis Mills, not your flashy guy, not the guy I want to be the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, but if he was ours, we'd probably be decently satisfied with the way he's playing. Of course, we want more from him uh, if you're a Houston fan, but I think you stay within 10 here easily. Uh, Denver did not impress me that much. They only gave up 17 points, but the points they gave up, I mean, a wide, o- wide open all the time um, in the secondary. Look for the Texans. Brandon Cooks get a little frisky here. Uh, let's go to Johnny for what he thinks.
1: So another game, we've already said it. I just, I wouldn't bet this game, but uh, is, is 10 too much guys? Like I, I, I don't, here's why I'm saying this just because, you know, it, it how much better is Houston than Seattle just across the board. Okay. And then if Denver doesn't um, fumble the ball two times at the goal line and score two touchdowns, they win the game by 13. Yeah. And so like, that's, that's where I'm thinking like maybe like 10 is a ton of points, but at home against Houston, like I, I, I just don't know if, if it's too much, I think it's, I think it's fine. And so I know it's not really, it's kind of a Debbie downer, but I think Denver could absolutely roll here. Denver averaged nearly seven yards per play that entire game. Javante Williams had like 12 catches Um, really nice connection. I think we've seen who uh, the favorite uh, receiver is for us. And that's Judy. Judy had a really nice game. Um, I think that was – there was just so much going on around the game with Russ and with the the first-year head coach debacle. Like, I think it was – I think now we're going to get a a better read on the Broncos going forward. Now, don't get me wrong. I love that the Broncos lost. I think Russ is so fucking cringe and annoying. And, like, he is such a weird human being. Like, he he is so – fucking weird that it makes me physically angry to talk about him um but he threw for like i think over 300 yards and they got whatever they wanted and so i'm gonna take them minus 10 but ew
2: yeah this is a a weird game because the two games that houston played with indianapolis and division i mean that 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 game's hard to tell who houston is because i mean the colts had chances of putting that thing or making it a lot closer and putting it away sooner than they did I mean they were it was 20 to 3 Houston in the fourth quarter and here comes Indy whenever they had a full steam ahead and they were able to score when they wanted to mind you they didn't in OT but I just think that there's opportunity that we saw Russell Wilson with his weapons Judy made a few great plays like there's something there with that guy Cortland Sutton really good Javante Williams looked really good Melvin Gordon is a good you know maybe he's the two now but there's just enough there, to, despite the fumbles at the goal line, that I think if if Russ is out there to to be comfortable, clearly wasn't at Seattle with the first game back there. If he's comfortable at home in Denver, Denver a tough place to win, this could be a blowout. I'll take Denver.
0: Yep. Moving forward to uh, – actually, no matter how you drew this game up, it'd be in the desert, but this desert happens to be in the state of Nevada. Arizona goes on the road to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, from Allegiant Stadium, the Death Star, I believe as it's referred to. Looks like it, kind of. Not a Star Wars guy, though. Anyway, back to football. Arizona, inept. Inept. Of course, uh, all the praise goes to the Chiefs for absolutely handling business, but good God, I was expecting a little bit more from Arizona's offense. It looked awful. Um, The Cliff Kingsbury screen pass to the sideline, screen pass to the sideline, take a shot down the field punt. It's just not going to get it done. And Kyler, quite frankly, looked horrible. I think he's just too small. Several times the Chiefs batted balls down. He couldn't see. Johnny alluded to it on the uh, the post-game show, um, that play where he's rolling out left. And all Nick Bolton did was throw his arms up. And he had to throw out of the back of the end zone because he couldn't see anybody. Um I think the Raiders absolutely get after him. I think Max Crosby and uh, Chandler Jones absolutely get after Kyler here in this one. I think the Raiders bounce back. They look pretty good. Um, they could have played a lot better. But, I mean, they were in the game. They could have beaten the Chargers. I believe it was a 24-19 loss. Um, not a horrible week one loss, of course. No, uh, No moral victories. But I think the Raiders get back on track here. I think Arizona could be one of the worst – Worst teams with the highest expectations. I think they're going to win some games. Don't get me wrong, but their expectations coming the into the season are not going to match their overall record. Uh, blank.
2: Yeah, Max Crosby recorded. I'm looking this up here, but it, something great. Yeah, here it is: seven pressures, five hurries, and two quarterback hits against a really good tackle and Rashawn Slater. And that matchup was awesome. And the Cardinals just don't have a guy that can even stop from a sack happening there those hurries are going to turn into a couple sacks especially with Chandler Jones on the other side I mean we saw it out of Kyler like you said when somebody's in his face that shit turned into a disaster and it's I, I think it's going to continue Raiders I mean I think we're looking at the Chargers Raiders game a little bit less than we should those are two good teams going at it in a division to where we see them as maybe slightly worse because it was so close. And I think that was just two really good teams playing each other. Raiders might kill them. Uh, Devontae Adams getting a lot of stuff there. Uh, Darren Waller showed some great things. You still have Renfro. And I, like, even after watching the Cardinals game, what can I name? Like A.J. Green, Ronald, I know more. Like those guys were Dorch. not good. <laughs> they were just not good.
0: <laughs> I don't even know his first name, but I know his last name's Dorch.
2: I mean, I am taking the Raiders at home. In a Dorch. in a sweet environment with every bone in my body.
1: Greg Dorch went to Wake Forest. Uh, I had never heard of him. Um, and he had seven for 63 when, on nine targets against the Chiefs. Yeah, crazy. Um, yeah, n- nothing different from me. The Raiders are the pick here. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey had a hell of a game against uh, this secondary and linebackers and anybody they put on him, uh, what is Devonte Adams going to do? Devonte Adams had ten for 141 and one on 17 targets last week against the Chargers. This just screams like the Raiders are just going to take control of this game. And I think you're in desperation time, though, if you're Arizona. I mean, Arizona, if they lose this game, they're 0 and two, and then they play the Rams in Week Three. And so, just you know, credit to the three of us; none of us picked the cardinals to be a playoff team um and i think they're kind of like the nfc's version of the titans in my opinion a team that's just going to take a, a big step back here and so um not impressed at all by by the cardinals last week and in fact like really really underwhelming uh from them so i'll take the raiders
0: love it we finish um the sunday slate sunday night football at lambeau that's fun to say yeah. sunday night football um you know, in, in the entire league, I think if I could pick one stadium to go to tomorrow, I'd pick Lambeau. Just feel I think like so kind of there, kind of wow. owed to the football for the football in me. Um, just a historic stadium, obviously. Huge showdown in the NFC North with the Chicago Bears. I want to start off by saying that I think that the Packers are going to win this game, but what I do think is that the Bears can make this very frisky. Did not love what I saw from Green Bay against Minnesota. Now, of course, Minnesota, we'll get to it here in a second. I might have to eat my words on them a little bit. But the Bears, um, I think they can flat get after Green Bay here. Um, Lazard being back for the Packers potentially could be huge. Um, I think that gives uh, those rookie receivers um, a chance to hide a little bit, make some plays without as much pressure on them. But good God, Christian Watson, I mean – I don't want to ever talk bad about a guy from the Valley, but, dude, you've got to make that play. I don't care how old you are. You've made that catch a 1,000 times. Aaron Rodgers, an absolute dime, down 7-0 in the first. If he catches that, it's a different game, in my opinion. It doesn't let the Vikings get settled in. It doesn't make the Packers punt there. It's a tied game, and now the ball's back in the Vikings' hands. Sure, they probably could have gone down and scored, and they probably would have. But that means the Packers will only down seven instead of 14, which they ultimately were after the first quarter, I believe. Um, I, on the flip side, though, Green Bay's defense is pretty good. Now, I know Justin Jefferson went off, but they only gave up 23 points with an inept offense on Sunday afternoon. I think that the Green Bay will win this game. The Bears on offense, uh, if that if that game week one is in normal weather, I think it's a different story, but it wasn't Chicago 1-0 and versus the 0-1-1 Green Bay Packers. I'm taking the Packers, but look
1: for the Bears to make it frisky. Johnny? Um, I, I, I like Rodgers. Like, I think he's really freaking good. Um, I just – I can say this confidently. If on the first play of the Chiefs game, Patrick Mahomes throws a deep bomb for a surefire touchdown to Sky Moore and he drops the ball. Patrick's not looking over to the sideline, rolling his eyes and, 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 and you know, having bad body language. Uh, Christian Watson wasn't targeted again until like the last three minutes of the game after that drop. And he had bad body language on the sideline too. I get it. I, I've said some pretty tough things on this pod, like tough guy things on this podcast about the integrity and the manly, you know, the masculinity of this league. And that's a ball that needs to be caught. I don't care. But, but you know, remember when Kareem Hunt fumbled on his first snap for the Chiefs? What happened? Andy Reid went right back to him. And I just didn't understand how, how Matt LaFleur, and maybe he did and Rodgers just wasn't going to go back to him or something. But I, I don't know how you don't go back to Christian Watson. I mean, he is the highest receiver ever drafted by the Packers in the Rodgers era. They drafted him with the second pick in the second round. And he drops one touchdown, and you're and you just shun him and give him the cold shoulder. I thought that was really shitty from Rogers. And uh, hopefully, I mean, they're gonna need him. Sammy Watkins is dust. Like Randall Cobb is fucking dust. It's him and Romeo Romeo Dobbs, like they and Robert Tunyon. They need these guys, and and they need to get Aaron Jones involved more. I could not believe how little they utilized Aaron Jones. I I had the Packers as my final leg of a three-team teaser, plus 12. And again, just slowly, death by a 1,000 cuts last week, didn't get there. Um, 10 is a big line, and I started this podcast by saying the defensive effort from the Bears uh, was my favorite thing that I saw this week outside of the Chiefs or the most impressive. I think that's going to be there. I think this is a low-scoring game. I think, like, Bears plus 10 and the under on 42 could realistically happen. Not going to do it, but I'll take the Bears plus 10 here. Blaine?
2: Yeah. Uh, Excuse me. I like that, the underplay. It's confusing because a team like the Packers, when I'm thinking about this, you just saw one of the most potent offenses in football, and you're about to see one of the least potent in football with Chicago. That screams to me that the Packers could blow them out. And I think they will blow them out, On it, to, to be completely honest. I, th- I think with Justin Fields in a primetime game after that big win, they're very, very, very high right now. The Packers are hungry to go get a win. Rodgers is pissed. Rodgers on Sunday night, give me that, every day of the week. Ten's a massive line. Like, my God, guys, look at these lines we've been looking at. We've had Ten three times already throughout this slate. But, um, yeah, I, I would – I don't, I don't think I could ever have a bone in my body that I could bet the Chicago Bears here. And if anything, I'm going Packers.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is really tough to put your money on the Chicago Bears. You just don't know which team you're going to get already. I feel like, because yeah.
1: it's funded... like a drug. Chandler. Yeah. I do this. I mean, like I spent the entire off season shit talking this team and like not out of anger or anything. Like I legitimately think that the Bears are bad. I just think, for some reason, that ten would be too much. Both offenses struggling to score the ball. Yeah. One team coming off a loss. One coming off of win- off of a win. Don't really think the Bears are going to win the game, but I think ten is just something where I I wouldn't feel as confident begging the town the Packers side. But real money, I don't think I could touch this game.
2: Yeah, and I, I view it too. Chicago's all Chicago's nineteen points second half. Like they go into the locker room, it's a monsoon. I, I 49ers folded after half and Chicago rallied around that home crowd and, and that being a monsoon, I think they get out and Packers can punch them in the mouth. This might be a, might be a shit show.
0: Save my, I'll say a final nice thing about the bears though. I think that says a lot about a potential culture change
2: in yes. Chicago. Great. Call. I think
0: Eberflus is a defensive coach that is also a player's coach, which is uh, it's a little bit more rare. Defensive guys, a lot more intense, a lot more focused on just the game, and not really worried about creating relationships. I don't think this is the case with Everfluce. I think he's doing a good job of obviously taking over the defense and letting the offense do what they want to do. You know, I think that they get Justin Fields doing what he's good at. I think this, I think it's up for the Bears. They're going to, I think the future is bright in Chicago. I really do. I think they might have, they might have nailed this higher. Now, of course, this is all after week one. So it's maybe, you know, a couple <laughs> more games. Let's hope so. Let's go to Monday night before we get to our to our matchup. Um, Monday night, my birthday. Great. Nice.
2: Have yeah. birthday early, Chandler.
0: That's right. Monday night will be uh, my twenty sixth birthday, and we have two really damn good games on Monday night. Two games, guys. Two Double. games Monday night. Unbelievable. You have to just drink that in. Um, it's going to be amazing. Tennessee goes to Buffalo. I don't know we have to spend much time on this game, boys. I think Buffalo rolls here. Um, anybody have anything that wants to to say I'm wrong?
1: I I, I just think that uh, if this says anything, last year in a prime time game, it was in Nashville. Buffalo was the hot team. Buffalo ended up losing to the Titans um, yeah, on the on road the in line. prime time on the goal line. Don't know what the line was there. I just know last year the Titans won this game but I think this is a different dangerous Buffalo team and I think that the Titans are bad I think that the Titans are you know the last thing they needed uh was to lose to the Giants on a missed kick right like when they were down or when they lost the lead and everything and, and Derrick Henry was 21 of 82 on the ground 3.9 yards per carry like not the typical Derrick Henry so like I, I, the Lions 10. I just think Buffalo is in a different class than these guys. Yeah. Before
0: Blaine goes real quick, let me just say something, too. It's crazy that the Derrick Henry's standard. He, I mean, he had four yards of carry. <laughs> like, you're taking that any day of the week. But that's just – But that's not go, him, yeah. You're right. Yeah. That just goes to show how damn good Derrick Henry is. Four yards of carry is like, dude, what are you doing? Blame, yeah. go ahead.
2: Yeah, I don't know if Derrick Henry will be the same after that injury. He said that a few weeks ago in fantasy. Like, I, he's I think he's still going to be fine, but I just don't know if he'll be the same. But regardless, I'm going to humanize this a little bit. I'll just – the guy I was just rubbing elbows with, my boss, yeah. my director, lives go. in Buffalo from Buffalo – this game starts at 6 o'clock Central, so 7 o'clock Eastern. He's showing up in the parking lot at 9 a.m., and he's just a normal fan. That place is going to be bonkers. Everybody in Buffalo is so stoked about them being amazing and be there. I, I just – I can't imagine the scene and those linebackers coming downhill. All, they got to stop one thing, and that's Derrick Henry, and they're going to be able to do it. Like it. There's not much discussion.
0: I hate how much I love Buffalo. Just the whole aura. They're the chiefs of the Northeast. They really are. They're the chiefs of the Northeast. Um, Second game on Monday night, huge game in the NFC in terms of playoff implications already. In my opinion, these two teams could be absolutely battling for spots. Um, I think they both make the playoffs. Unfortunately, Um, I'm going to have to eat crow on that, but I do think that these two teams make the playoffs. Minnesota travels to Lincoln financial field in Philadelphia I'm not going to be too long-winded on this. We'll let Blaine get a little gloating in. Vikings look great on Sunday afternoon. Um, say what we will about the Packers, but the Vikings showed up and took care of business. Justin Jefferson, never, I never wavered from this. He's the real deal. Um, he is an unbelievable receiver. Um, Philly, interesting. I don't know what to make of their three-point win against Detroit. I think they played a scrappy team week one. They found a way to win. They put up 38 points. Look for this game to be a real, another shootout, honestly, Blaine.
2: Yeah, early in the game I was texting you guys when I was watching that Eagles-Detroit game, like, yeah, I want to say Jalen Hurts is bad, but he saw multiple third downs. Yeah, third and 11, third and 14. He didn't get that first down through the air. He got it through his legs. And I, I truly think Jalen Hurts is going to have a hard time throwing the football against this, this new Vikings defense who looked really good against aaron Rodgers and the packers and I, you know I, I i'm going vikings here i think you guys would have expected that but i i truly see that you know jalen Hurst completed 56 percent of his passes against the detroit lions defense i don't want to trust that and i'm not going to trust that and i'm going to go vikings to you know i think kirk even though it's prime time and i know you guys haven't said this yet and you're going to but Kurt in prime time i think is going to be better than jalen um against that defense Chandler's trying to say something, but he's muted. I don't. (laughs) Oh, sorry, everybody. I was (laughs) muted. I was just gonna say, really
0: good point about the uh, about Jalen Hurts' completion percentage. I did not realize that. A and B, much better defense this week for sure. Johnny.
1: Yeah. um, I don't think I was as. Sour on the Vikings as Chandler. I'm very critical of Kirk, and Kirk was very good on on Sunday. Uh, 23 of 32, 277, two touchdowns, no picks. I mean, exact. I, what 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 more do you want from your guy that from a, your guy that, against the division? I'll admit that's what that, you want. That, that's a Kirk cousin step, yes. line. You guys are yeah. gonna
2: eat it for the rest of the year. So but uh, that
0: you, I'll tell you this right now, not to get too graphic, that gives me no blood flow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, no, it's yeah. There's no blood flow. It's just exactly what you want for him to do. And, and l- when Kirk plays well, it it looks like that. Uh, Justin Jefferson nine one eighty four two on eleven targets, incredibly impressive. Um, if Kirk can do this on Monday night, like I'm, then I I think the wheels are going to start turning in my brain a little bit. I think there is. I think it's fair to ask Kirk to start putting up more in prime time. And with Kevin O'Connell this might start happening. Um, the Vikings defense was flying around. What a great crowd that they had too. zadarius Smith was a great addition to this defense. Um, curious to see who that they're going to put on AJ Brown. Cause goodness, he had an amazing game. And if there's a weakness on this Viking secondary, or it's the Vikings secondary on this defense. Um, the new general manager spent like three of the first four, or maybe the first four draft picks this year on young defensive backs. So, Um, AJ Brown could have his way he had 10 for 155 and zero on 13 targets but I'm taking the Vikings here because I mean look I said this early on too like Jalen Hurts just is not it for me you know they scored 38 points and he was 18 of 32 right is that right Yeah, 18 of 32 for 243 yards like he didn't complete his first five passes of the game. Like, I just can't, like they ran the ball effectively, yeah. but this, that lion's defense is probably one of the worst the lo- defenses, if not the worst in the entire league. And so I just think that, I just think that the Vikings are going to really be able to get after him here, but it, it should be a really good crowd. So like multiple, multiple storylines here, right guys? Like, we got, we got to see it from Jalen Hurts passing the football. We know he can run and they can run, and we got to see it from Kirk in primetime. And this is primetime on the road in Philly, and this is the game that ABC and ESPN's pick to put their main broadcast on. Right, they've got Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Orlovsky on the Bills Titans. This is Buck and Aikman, and this is on ABC. And so we 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 got to see it here. But I'll take the the Vikings as dogs right here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love it, Johnny. Um, well, with that that right there is the full Sunday to Monday slate. Unbelievable. Let's get right in to the best game of the slate and the first game of the slate, Thursday night football, tomorrow evening on Amazon Prime Video for the third time. Make sure you have your Prime subscription downloaded, ready to roll. This is where you're going to find the game. The Los Angeles Chargers visit. The Kansas City Chiefs, both teams one and zero on the season. Both teams with impressive victories um, in different ways. Uh, we alluded to it earlier. It is impressive the Chargers grinded out a division uh, win against the Raiders. That's a heated rivalry too. That's not a friendly rivalry. Uh, big game for them to pull out in the end. Um, Chargers with a couple injury concerns though. Big from a Chiefs perspective. Um, Keenan Allen ruled out today, Wednesday, um, of this game already. Um I think that's a huge huge win for the Chiefs. Um obviously not rooting for injury, but in terms of the Chiefs pass with Keenan Allen, he's been an absolute Chiefs menace. Um this game is honestly set up to be an amazing game in terms of offensive production. Mm-hmm. Herbert, um I have a feeling is is poised to have a big day. Chiefs on the other side, Trent McDuffie out with a hamstring injury. I think that's a huge loss going into this game. The Chargers give me real concern, and we haven't even talked about their defense yet. The Chargers' defense is nasty. Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, um, they are just game wreckers. But I think that there, there are opportunities to get after this defense in the secondary. Uh, Derwin James will be a, a huge, huge task to take care of. He'll be guarding Travis Kelsey all night. Um, it's it's going to be a matchup for the ages. Um, that's the Chargers. Let's stick with the Chargers here, Johnny. Your perspective on the Chargers, what you see from them going into Thursday night.
1: Yeah, I I said this um, on our our recap. We briefly touched on the the Chargers game. What what I'm really excited just to see is, you know, I know this this is not really a Chiefs point, but Austin Eckler is a main point of this offense. I think for the first time in his career – it's not a total mismatch with Eckler and the Chiefs defense. So look to that. I, I, I think they're going to heavily go at, at Eckler, however, and Mike Williams, though. I think that these are going to be the focal points of the offense. I think Herbert had, had a great game week one, and I think that he's, he's really going to target those guys early and often. With Keenan Allen out, I was kind of trying to look at what the other options offensively could be. Gerald Everett's a tight end they brought in. Um, who got who had a touchdown over the weekend um they have a guy named it's palmer right josh palmer josh palmer. that's his name i think he slides right into the keenan allen role um and, and those could be guys that that they go after too uh what they have a deep threat too i can't remember his the, name Yeah,
2: deandre carter he had three yeah. catches for 64 and a touchdown last week so it's kind of the guy that came out of nowhere yeah
1: yeah so i mean those are the guys to look for, but I think it'll heavily go through Williams and Eckler. And on the defensive side, I mean, even if J.C. Jackson goes, he he's probably going to be limited. You know that Travis Kelsey is going to be lined up uh, with Derwin James. Guys, it is all about these edge rushers. I mean, my goodness, they made the Chiefs offensive line is much better. Um, Than the Raiders, but they made Derek Carr's life hell that entire game. So, uh, yeah, uh, watch out for most uh, Bosa and Mac. Goodness,
2: watch out for Bosa and Mac. I mean, that is it scares the absolute living out of me watching Khalil Mack last week dominate that Raiders offensive line. I mean, he had a sack where he bull rushed the tackle. And bear hugged Derek Carr around the tackle, and that play was dead. Just how powerful he is. He's back in the AFC. There's been multiple times through Eric Bieniemy's press conference, Patrick Mahomes' press conference, Khalil Mack somehow keeps being brought up by the both of them. They know they got to avoid that guy. And you just have to hope that the Chiefs are going to be able to draw up a an offensive scheme to get around it. I mean, it, whether it may be like Eric Bieniemy said, we have to continue to establish the run like they did against the charge the Cardinals early last week. If the Chiefs can't get it ar- going early on the ground, Patrick Mahomes is going to be running for his life. I don't care how good Orlando Brown is. I don't care how good any tackle in this league is. Bosa and Mac are going to get theirs, and, and you just have to, you know, you just have to try to draw it up around it. So. We'll see what they do. I think that's a great
0: way to segment into Chandler's key of the game. My key of the game this week is the left and right tackle of the Kansas City Chiefs. They are the key. We know that they're going to get theirs, but how many times are we going to allow them to get theirs? Because it can be managed. There has to be great communication between the guards and tackles for twists because they're going to twist a lot. They're going to try to move, make it difficult on these guys because if you can get your defensive ends on your guards, I know we have great guards and Joe Tooney and hopefully Trey Smith, which is something we need to talk about here when we get to the Kansas City Chiefs offense. But it, it they're not the they're not better pass blockers than your tackles, and they have to be on point with communication. Guys like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa can make it very difficult on you. So Chandler's key to the game: the offensive tackles have got to limit as best as possible. They have got to give Pat time because when you give Pat time. It's very tough to stop. Um, let's get to the Chiefs on offense. We can keep piggybacking that. Offensive line play is huge. I love the enemy saying we need to establish the run. I think that's a huge part of this game. Um, really, in a way, most teams try to do this to us. We kind of need to do it to the chargers a little bit too. We got some injuries on defense. We need to manage the clock here in this game. I think that's a really big part of this game. I think the Chiefs need to dominate time of possession if the Chiefs want to win this game but convincingly, in my opinion. Um, I think the Chiefs can win no matter what, but I do think that if the Chargers hang around it, I mean, it's it's going to be a, a 4 or 5 3-point five, four, game, in my opinion, unless the Chiefs can handle, manage the clock, manage the ball, keep the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands. I think that's a huge part of this offense, uh, offensive game plan, Blaine.
2: Yeah, I think something that I want to look at is how productive can Travis Kelsey be against Derwin James, because I have a huge feeling that Derwin James is going to be manned up with him all night, right up in his grill, make it nasty. And you saw Mahomes go to Kelsey a ton last week, and that was why we were so efficient. How good will Travis be against Derwin? Derwin can line up wherever he wants on the field. He got a sack. He had some pass deflections. He had some tackles in the open field. I mean, the guy is arguably the best safety in football after what we saw last week, and it's going to be really interesting to see how the Chiefs attack that along with that um, that defensive line front.
1: Yeah, guys, I think the Chiefs just need to – and Andy will do this. Like, okay, who on the Chiefs offense is going to have the biggest mismatch on the defense? There are two names for me that come to mind, and it's, it's not flashy. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot to Jarek McKinnon. I really do. I think when there's these Drew Tranquil or some of these other linebackers lined up, um, that, Murray, that Murray guy to Oklahoma, when these guys are lined up against McKinnon, Clyde too, but McKinnon specifically, I think they could have a lot of success. I think they need to run the shit out of the ball. Like They're obviously going to pass a lot as the Chiefs, but like more than normal, they need to run the ball effectively right behind Joe Tooney and Creed Humphrey like right right in the middle. So like if if Bosa and Mack are dominating the you know at the outside, just get away from them. Like they're going to win some snaps. They're going to have that. So what can the Chiefs do? They can move the pocket. They can do misdirection, screen game. Okay, there's two other names that come to mind because if JC Jackson does play, he's probably going to play a lot on Juju, right? I think if the chiefs establish the running game, they're going to have some shots down the field. Yep. So McCall and MVS, and they got to hit on these. They have got to hit on these deep shots because then that's going to help them run the ball even more because they're going to have to sag back a little bit. So like everyone's thinking about Kelsey and Derwin James for good reason. Derwin plays Travis really well. And so, I just don't think that you can totally rely on Travis this week and you have to go elsewhere. One other guy too, to look at Jody Fortson, right? So if Derwin James is on Travis, Kelsey, Jody Fortson or Noah Gray could be open too. So get you guys go.
2: Johnny, I think you, I think you nailed it on its head. That's It's kind of my idea of this game is the chiefs last week, everyone in the, in the nation is Patrick Mahomes slinging it around. And that's what the chiefs make them 44 points and they can do that. I don't think that's the chiefs this week. I think it's a play action, run the ball, try to figure out some of these short games and then take a shot. How many times, um, did Patrick Mahomes say in his press conference that he owes McCole Hardman two touchdowns. <laughs> he owes McCole Hardman two touchdowns. He felt that he, missed Multiple, him. Yeah. he missed him downfield. And that's a great point. in the fact that if you establish a run, you know, they're going to drop nine and you know, they're going to drop eight and get, you know, allow those four to have pressure. Um, how do you combat that with a good rushing game and a good play-action game and taking deep shots? So I think that's what you're going to see out of Kansas City this week.
0: How can this game already feel like the biggest game of my lifetime outside of the Super Bowl, and it's week two? I mean, this it's game a- this game feels massive. This game feels like a game that can project the Chiefs to an 11 0 start. And this game also makes me feel like a game that if the Chiefs were to lose, we could really grind through these next Four or five weeks. We have tough opponents these next four or five weeks. Um, it would just be so big to be able to have ten days before Indy and be two and zero. I mean, just think about that, dude. The magnitude of this game, seriously, I think, is so big for the trajectory of this of this Chief season. I really do. I, I and and I, it's it's a it's a positive worry. I think because I think the Chiefs can ride to this occasion. <laughs> But it's just the difference in being one and one, and you have to beat Indy. You have to beat Indy if we're one and one. We cannot lose to Indy and go one and two. I don't think I can live if we go one and two. Absolutely,
2: and it gives me the, that worry. There's like a little bit of a blanket over that worry, and the fact that this is the 50 year anniversary of Arrowhead Stadium. Amazon that Stadium
0: looks sexy.
2: Amazon Prime chose Arrowhead to be the Amazon Prime opener. It wasn't a NFL decision to make these two teams play on. Amazon. They allowed Amazon to pick it, and they wanted to come to Arrowhead. And every single person in this city, A, knows how big this game is, B, knows it's nationally televised, and C, knows that it's going to be an absolute show for Amazon, for the nation, for the 50th of Arrowhead. And I think it's going to be unhinged. I think they need to put more rebar and concrete at Arrowhead because it might fall down. I think that's how wild it's going to be.
0: Yeah, I tweeted it just the other day. (laughs) Sorry to cut you off, Johnny, but I tweeted it just, I I think it was Tuesday. I was like, I feel like I can already feel the energy coming out of that stadium already. I know what it's going to be like. I've been to a Thursday night Chargers game, actually, and no bad juju, but – the Chargers won on that two-point conversion from Philip Rivers to Mike Williams in the Mike back Williams. of the end zone. Happened right in front of my face. Philip Rivers absolutely dunked on us, and it could happen tomorrow. It really can. I think we need to say this every week. I mean, I feel like if you're not if you're not in the trenches, fan from the start of this from the start of your fandom, going through some really shitty times. Like I think that. People are just really comfortable with knowing the Chiefs are going to win. It is not the case, and it is definitely not the case tomorrow night. This Chargers team is coming in here wanting to win this game, and they can. I believe Herbert has not lost at Arrowhead yet.
2: We need to look that up. I no, think he home- hasn't.
1: He hasn't. He's one yeah. and one. He's uh, he's one and one. The first one was that last week when Mahomes didn't play, yeah. and then last last year was the. Chiefs had, like, four turnovers. It was a close game at the end, like, multiple fourth and long conversions. It was a very weird game. Um, and maybe this is just because I'm, like, a little a little older than you guys. But, like, guys, I don't – I'm super excited, of course. I don't think – I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Like, I put every fiber of my being. Like, seriously. No, I'm – like, it's like I like I felt last week. Like, I'm – like, last year I was scared of the Chargers. I don't know what it is and this could, you know, talk to me after the game tomorrow, if the chiefs lose, I'm, I'm, I might cry. Uh, But like, I, I am like not shaken on this at all. Like I think the chiefs are going to win this game. I really do. And I, I, you know, yes, it's a great, it's a great opponent, but again, the chiefs have the advantage at quarterback and head coach. And like, I don't know. Like, they only the Chargers only beat the Raiders by five points. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think the Raiders are good, too. Like, I just – I think the Chiefs are still a class above this team. And I think that the Chargers are going to find a way to charger. Like, they always kind of uh-huh. fuck around and fucking kick their own dick in. And so, like, I just – I don't know. It's going to be an absolute amazing game. I think that the line – I never bet on my team anyway, but I've seen the line at four. It's already been moving in the Chiefs' favor. Um, I, I think the Chiefs are going to win the game. Blaine, um,
0: let's flip, Let's go to the defense. You brought it up. Take over the defense here. Really impressed with, with the way they played um, in Arizona. Um, kind of, I would say, similar game plan, to be fair. I mean, I think they're going to do a couple of things differently, maybe try to blitz. Uh, maybe try to heat up Herbert a little bit more because he's not as elusive. But in terms of keeping him contained, I think that the game plan is pretty solid probably
2: at this point. Do you have confidence in that extra cornerback? Legereus was so good last week, guys. I think he's on the scene as having, like we said after that post game a Pro Bowl type year, you know what you're going to get out of him. You, and Fenton looked pretty good too. But obviously, with Trent McDuffie going down. You you know, you can say it might cancel out without Keenan Allen, but, you know, that's something that is really, 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 really integral to this game. They're going to target Watson with every being in their body. And and I think you make a great point, Chandler. What's Bag going to do to cancel that out? Blitz? Get pressure? Um, Is Chris Jones going to be able to do what he did last week against a bad Cardinals offensive line? How's our defensive line going to look against this really good, like I said, with Slater against crosby and chandler jones not getting a sack last week can we get home i'm you know i think the matchup for chief defense versus chargers offense is my favorite part of this game and i think that's what it comes down to
0: yeah and no and we can't forget to mention this too chargers can run the football yeah they want to get eckler involved so that's a huge thing too but i do love what johnny said earlier to wrap this up um our linebackers have never been able to match Eckler and they can this year. I think that's a huge matchup as
1: well. Anybody got any final words on that? I, I, I would obviously be much more, would be much uh, more confident if McDuffie was in, I mean, McDuffie had an amazing start to that game. It's such a shame that he got injured, but it doesn't look like it's crazy serious and he'll be back. in after the Tampa Bay game, but, uh, or, the week after that. So after that Raiders game, but uh, is that right? Is that Raiders after that? Anyways, they will be back after week five. Um, I think that with Keenan Allen being out like that, it does help me though with that, with those young corners, because it's like, like then they're going to put Snead on Mike Williams, or they're going to put Justin Reed on the big bodied Mike Williams, something like that. So then that leaves you know, than Watson or Joshua Williams or Fenton or whoever it is, like they, they just have to win the matchup against Josh Palmer or Jalen Guyton or DeAndre Carter. And I think, yeah. you know, those guys have, have more experience than these young guys, but you know, with Fenton on those guys, I, I like the Fenton matchup yeah. there. So I just it's just all gonna be on controlling the big pieces for them, not letting Herbert extend the play, which is of course much easier said than done. You know, we haven't said his name one time. How about a fucking amazing game from Chris Jones? Yeah. How about Chris yeah. Jones takes it to the interior uh, of the the Chargers' offensive line and and or George Karloftis, who had a great first opening game? Like, how about he comes out and just it's going to be, of course, a team effort the entire game. But man, I can't wait.
2: And that's a what uh, goes through my head a little bit, and this might be off the wall, but an Arrowhead crowd those rookies of carloftis or like if watson does you know start on the edge how are they going to handle this the communication they maybe they make a bad play and it goes silent and they get in their own head like just feed off of it be electric and i I hope it's not a hindrance more than it is a help for for some of these young guys because i think it's a true adjustment for for them to see arrowhead like it is um there's nothing like it, and I and I really hope it doesn't hurt Watson or some of those guys. I don't yeah. think it will, but it's it's something to think about.
0: No, that's a great point and uh, a great way to wrap up uh, that little preview there um, of what's going to be an absolute epic, epic football game. Um, I mean, I don't think it has any issue living up to the hype. I really don't. Let's go through a pick, pick them real quick, boys. Uh, we'll go through here. I'll start. Chiefs all day. Blaine.
2: Chiefs all day um yeah, I don't want to be long-winded here but we didn't do the AFC West um picks at the end of our last podcast I bought a sweatshirt that said Chiefs run the West I'm gonna have it with me it's gonna be 85 degrees but I don't care if it's 85 degrees I'm wearing that fucking sweatshirt That's
0: right Blaine you're going to the game
2: and I'm flipping Chiefs gonna win the AFC West they're gonna set the tone here in the Chiefs
1: love it Johnny Putting a nail in the coffin for the Blaine Staley name, I love it, and I defended you earlier in the podcast, Blaine. When you listen back to it, Chandler was really going after you with the <laughs> Blaine Staley thing, and
2: uh, I don't know about that.
1: I was, uh, <laughs> I was just no, it's it was all in good fun, but yeah, the the Chiefs are my pick here. Um, maybe I'll get nervous tomorrow. I don't know what it is, guys. I am very confident in this game. <laughs> what an absolute atmosphere Woo! it's going to be! What a great crowd, um, Arrowhead at nighttime, Amazon Prime. I mean, are you fucking kidding me against the Chargers? Like, Blaine, drink twenty beers and yell something absurd for us.
2: I am bringing cough drops. That's that a all. boy. Like, yes, it will be. They will be one at the end of the first quarter maybe two at the end of the second and on through the night, my, my voice is not going to leave me.
0: Yeah, I can't believe you're going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it'll just be me and Johnny texting, presumably, because you better just be dialed into the field. Boy, you don't need to be <laughs> on your phone. But, um, okay, let's wrap up
1: the show as we've been doing. Johnny, do you have a final thought for us this evening? Well, it's going to be underwhelming just because of that amazing pump-up talk about the Chiefs game. My my final word is just, you know, I had a tough week gambling last week. I just got a couple things right, got a lot of things wrong. Um, two of my three fantasy teams lost. Um, it's not all over after week one. Like, don't just give up. Like, you can still plug away and win the next week in fantasy, and you can still win the next bet. So just, like, don't let the Jaguars – losing to the commanders ruin your life because for a brief period there, um, on, on Sunday, I thought my life was over.
0: (laughs) I love it. And that's honestly, that's the beauty of sports. You never know when, uh, you're going to have a good day. You never know when you're going to have a bad day. That's why you got to play the game. What an epic, epic episode. Johnny and I started off Blaine jumping on with us. Another beautiful edition of the figured out podcast. We'll talk to you boys next week. Uh, big one tomorrow. Make sure you have your Amazon Prime subscription ready, uh, unless you're like Blaine and going to the game. We'll talk to you guys later, okay? Go Chiefs! Go Chiefs! See you guys.